Expand and impact. Internal transformation for external impact. Achieve your goals without sacrificing yourself. I'm Violetta Znarkowski, but you can call me Violet. Welcome back to the Expand and Impact podcast, a place where we discuss how you can create a successful life that is an authentic expression of you and where we also explore the intersection between personal development and gender equity. Although this podcast isn't centered around having your own business and entrepreneurship, it's centered around working women and creating a successful life, not just a successful career. And today's guest, Jordan Gill, is a wholehearted example of what's possible when you set your attention and intention on creating a life-first business and career. Jordan transitioned from working for sports nonprofits to later an online marketing education company before she ultimately left to create her own empire that was conducive with the impact she wanted to have in the world and one that supported her mental physical, spiritual, and financial health and well-being. Jordan is a seven-figure business strategist whose mission is for high-achieving business owners to prioritize rest without sacrificing revenue. She's helped over 400 coaches and consultants work with clients only four days a month with VIP days. That's four days a month, not a week. When she's not spreading the gospel of VIP days, she's working on one of her thousand-piece jigsaw puzzles or traveling the world with her husband and bonus son. Jordan, in my opinion, is a cycle-breaker in every definition of the phrase. Not only did Jordan create a seven-figure business before the age of 34, but she redefined what is possible for high-achieving working women by taking a life-first approach to her business and inviting her employees to do the same. Growing up, Jordan felt immense social pressure of how to be and how to present herself to the world because of the expectations attached to her family's well-known name in the sports industry. She embarked on a journey of self-exploration, wanting to create a name for herself that wasn't attached to her father's legacy and in the process found deep acceptance and the courage to make different choices by prioritizing her wealth and well-being, while also staying committed to her professional goals. I invite you to listen to this candid conversation that explores identity, privilege, courage, and compassion. We talk about the personal growth and healing that needs to happen when paving your unique way in a world with systems designed to make you conform and follow the rules, and also how you can rewrite your story and your identity without losing connection to your family, and instead learning to lean on the support of people who are genuinely rooting for you and letting go of those relationships that don't have your best interest in mind and who may have a hard time accepting you when you're growing and evolving. Although Jordan works with other business owners through her own business, her success in her personal and professional life is attributed to the inner work she's done to cultivate deep self-trust and self-connection that support her in making brave choices in her work and her life. 
So let's get into it then, shall we? What informs your identity? I would say what informs my identity is way more internal than external. And I think that that's important because too often people seek what they think other people want their identity to be. And for me, you know, the older and older I get, I guess, you know, I'm 32, but the older and older I get, I am constantly asking myself, like, is this really who I am? Is this aligned with who I want to be seen as? And if not, you know, I have the the beautiful opportunity to change it. So I think for me, it's always starting out internally and recognizing that um, when it comes to my identity, that I'm, I'm in charge of that. That's not something that other people have the liberty to, to say they can have opinions about my identity or they can have um, perceptions. They can have all that stuff. But as far as actual identity, that's something that I get to choose and express how I best see fit, you know? Yeah, totally. So do you have an example of like what that looks like for you? Anything you feel comfortable revealing about yeah. it? Because identity is yeah. like such a, like, it's really a complex thing. And in my opinion, and in my observations, like it, if we give it permission to evolve, it evolves over time, but mm-hmm. we get stuck in life when we don't allow that identity to change. So I'm curious in this moment in your life, mm-hmm. what informs your identity right now and how you move through the world and how you show up in your life and in your business? Oh yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot shifting, um, not necessarily about identity necessarily, but about, I guess, what parts of my identity I want to highlight or showcase. Um, And that being, you know, I've been known as, I've been known for a lot of things, uh, but most recently uh, VIP days for a very long time, about two and a half years, uh, and even a little bit before then, because I was uh, executing VIP days. And, you know, I've been getting this kind of twinge or wiggle per se to branch out from VIP days, because I think that while I love VIP days, I will always talk about them. I will probably still do them because I really do enjoy them. And I just have recognized that I have other skill sets or I have other refinements that I've made that I haven't gotten to really share on a public forum because I was focused. Right. And, and Mm. I needed that focus time for my business. It, that focus rewarded me in my business in financial ways, in emotional ways, in, you know, stability ways. So I am grateful for that season. And at this point I am moving into a different direction and VIP days will be a part of that direction. However, I'm, I'm wanting to actually talk more about like positioning because I've actually repositioned myself several times in the seven years that I've been in business. And yet nobody's confused or thinks that I am doing something random or weird or, you know, sees me as flaky or whatever. Right. Which I am a Gemini and that's like a typical thing that people say about us, but I, 
you know, I, I am good at positioning because I know how to, again, understand where I'm coming from and who I am and be able to place that basically in any vessel that I want to, whether that is when I was doing systems work for people at a podcast management agency, I've had a systems template shop. I had VIP day programs. I have a a real social media agency. I have a mastermind. I have, I mean, it's, it's pretty widespread. And yet like everyone, like, as I go along, is like, well, that makes sense. And I don't feel like a lot of people, one, are given that, that opportunity to evolve, which we all, I dare say should evolve, but the folks don't know how to make that pivot necessarily to showcasing a different identity, showcasing a different skill set that they have without confusing the marketplace and being like, well, I thought she was this and now she's this. And like, what is she trying to do? Is she having an identity crisis? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think people have given me a lot of grace and also are willing to listen to my evolution as it's happening. And so therefore they're along for the ride because they know my underlying values and identity really hasn't shifted too, too much it maybe is just in a different vessel or a different form, so to yeah. speak. So that's like an example, honestly, right now that I'm going through. And uh, that's really exciting and scary at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you have, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have deep mm-hmm. clarity really around what your values are and who mm-hmm. you are at your core, like outside of your business, outside of how you've showed up in the public sphere and you use those internal qualities that you know well within yourself to guide your path and feel secure in making those shifts. hundred percent. It's all internal. Like, because again, people have told me to do different things. They're like, Oh, you're really good at this. So you should do this. Oh, you're really good at that. You should do that. And could I? Sure. But if it's not fully aligned with where I see myself, then I'm really not moved. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know? So what yeah. are some of those values that guide the decisions that you make? And is it the same like outside of your work or does mm-hmm. it vary? Yeah, I would say they're pretty similar between like my life and business. Number one, and it's not in a particular order per se, but one of my core values is excellence. Like if I don't believe that I can do whatever it is that I want to do in excellence, then I don't do it. Um, I don't like to do things like a little bit or yeah, I, I just, I have to fully dedicate myself to it instead of kind of dipping my toe in. So excellence is a big core value of mine. Um, and then also I would say uh, connection is big. So I don't really live in like a silo situation. I think that building a business is way more fun with other people. I think that I have a really great support system, like truly, you know, my family, my husband, my bonus son, my friends, I I feel very blessed. They, they're very understanding of how I operate, uh, which is interesting. You know, again, there are days where I'm on do not disturb on my phone and you cannot get a hold of me. And so you know, the fact that I've been in business for seven years and been able to sustain that for seven years, it's, you know, it hasn't 
been without its highs and lows, but my family and my friends are very much like, this is what you're meant to do. Like, I'm, I don't question any decision that you make. Like some of them have been interesting, but we believe in you and trust in your decision-making, which is something that I've struggled with internally prior to Mm -hmm. this. And so to get to have that support system is so crucial. And like my family and my friends don't try to change me. They don't try to mold me into something that I'm not like, they fully understand who I am and how I operate. So then when I go and take different risks in business or go and adjust things, they, while sometimes are like, okay, I don't know, I don't follow you, but I trust you and I love you. And I think, you know, you've done really great things thus far. That's big. And not a lot of people have that. Um, and so that's something I, I hold very dear to me because I, I don't know that I would have taken a lot of the risks that I have because having that support system and that grounding outside of my business is what probably helps me to make the riskier decisions in business just because I know that I have the support of my family and friends. Yeah, I there's two things that really stood out to me that what you just said is the connection outside of work and like Mm -hmm. having that support and actually leaning on it. And also that you struggled with decisions in the past. Mm -hmm. I feel like those two things, um, I also work with high achieving women and it's incredible to notice how you can be so like fierce and strong on the outside, but Mm -hmm. actually struggle to make decisions and struggle to lean into that support and like that in itself I think is a huge testament to your own growth and like internal awareness and expansion and like how you lead yourself in your business today and in your in your personal life like I know I love how you say you have a bonus son and that's another I feel like component it's (laughs) like having the like having the self-connection and having that self-trust to know that you can't step into that role and that even like a romantic relationship with someone who is bringing a son into the equation is yep. something that you are going to be able to navigate because you trust yourself to do so and you know yourself well enough to be able to have those hard conversations so that you don't like get pushed into something that actually isn't meant for you. So totally. I wanted to just like highlight those two points. And if we can, maybe talking a little bit more about how your decision making has changed, because I actually like I've been working with high achievers for a while, but previously, like in a completely different industry and education for like over 10 years. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago where I realized that that is like an unspoken thing. It's like, even within myself, like I first identified it and then I started talking to my friends. I'm like, damn, (laughs) we all like struggle to make decisions. And yet here we are making decisions, right? It's like, we're not the type of people to stay in inaction, but then there's that fine line between like making decisions from what people expect of you and learning Mm -hmm. to make them from who you are and what you actually want to do. Yep. Can you expand on that? Like on your journey with that? Yeah, for sure. I think that growing up, I grew up in a a family that uh, was known in like the sports industry. Uh, So, you know, going out to the grocery store, going out to a restaurant, even getting on planes, people would recognize my dad. 
Um, he was a football coach. And so there was a lot of conversation. I'm very open about this um, around when, when I'm out in the world, I need to be perceived and need to show up a certain way that aligns with my dad and how our family is as a unit. Right. Yeah. And that was difficult. Um, but I also looking back understood because there's just, a, I mean, there's a lot of scrutiny and it's now more than ever with the internet. Um, but growing up, it's like, oh, okay. Like we represent the Gill family and like, this is what everyone expects us to be like. And so therefore this is how we're going to be. And so growing up, I had a very small box to work from. And, you know, I don't fault that on my parents. I don't fault that on, on anybody. That's just kind of how it is when you're, again, it's not necessarily like a celebrity family or anything, but it's just like a people, people know who my dad is if they follow um, American football. So basically for 18 years, I fit in this box, right? And I knew the box and there was the box and here I was. And so um, I didn't have a lot of uh, practice in decision-making because all my decisions were made already. Like it was just like, well, this is what aligns with how we want to be viewed this way. And so therefore I, I really didn't make a ton of decisions. So when I, as I was growing up, I had to figure that out, like very much on a trial by fire basis and failed a lot in the sense of just like anything outside the box felt wrong or felt scary or felt um, unsafe. And so that put me in then a difficult situation where like I, you know, for, for college, I actually went away for about a year and a half. And then oddly enough, my dad um, got the football coach position at my school. And so it kind of went back into the mode of, okay, everybody knows who I am now again. Like I don't have the anonymity that I used to have. And so now I have a spotlight and therefore have to go back into the box and not that I was doing anything outrageous, but just like stay in the box. Right. And even still, you know, there was just a ton of, of commentary and a ton of assumptions. And like, I'm in college and my dad has all of these football players, you know, and, um, and whatnot that are around my age. And so it's like, oh, like, you know, before the game, like, I'm sure she really, you know, got the players ready for what they need to be ready for, or getting called all sorts of names purely because I go to the school. Right. Um, and it was it was really, really tough. And then two years later, my dad got fired very publicly and, um, it was a whole, it was terrible. Um, and I was graduating from the college at that time. And so it it was, I say all that to say, and it has to do with decision-making is just like, again, it felt very unsafe to go outside the box because I'm already getting criticized when I'm in the box. I can't imagine how I'm going to be criticized if I do anything outside the box. And so another four years of that, basically in college and then in, you know, getting into my own, it's, it's taken a lot of time to trust my own decision-making. I've done a lot of different modalities of therapy like EMDR and, and such, and it's been super helpful, but it, it has been a practice. It has been 
diligently focused on it. And, you know, still to this day, some days I'm like, I don't know if I'm good at making decisions. I don't know if I trust my decisions um, because of, again, just the safety box. Right. So I, I think that, you know, some people maybe are, are, given more opportunities to make decisions when they're younger. And that's something that I'm really big in instilling with my bonus son is that you always have decisions. You may not have all the decisions you want in this current moment in time, but there are always decisions. Here's how you make them like, and you have to live with the decision you make and you can always change your decision, right? There's no, you're not really stuck with much. Um, so it's, it's still a work in progress. I feel like I'm a lot better at it. And again, having a supportive system is so so beyond helpful and at the same time you know I'll I'll still probably <laughs> not struggle with it for the rest of my life but it'll be something that's pretty much a work in progress always yeah i firstly want to say thank you for volunteering that information yeah and also take this how you want yeah. but I found I approached you for coming on to the podcast because of how you carry yourself. And I had no idea that yeah. you came from a yeah. well-known family or well-known dad in the American yeah. football sphere. So <laughs> take that how it lands. But I had no idea. <laughs> so like you're doing something right. You've broken out of that box. Yes. Um, but something that I want to just take a moment to pause on because what you said was so profound and something that I see so many people, not only women, but people like in general, I guess, um, second guessing themselves because of was the sentence mm. that you said, I was criticized inside of the box. So how yes. would it be outside of it? Right. Naturally, when you move out of the box, there is that moment where you do get more criticism because now you're breaking the cycle of all of the generations or expectations that came before you. And that is such a challenging thing to shoulder and definitely yeah. not something to like just breeze past. And it's not something that like you make the decision to do things differently and then you do it. There's like this whole well underneath the surface of all of the expectations that we come from, all of the generational beliefs, all of the like self-imposed limitations. And then mm -hmm. it's like, we take that one foot outside of the box and it's like, this is scary. Mm -hmm. Will I lose everything that's familiar? Will I lose connection to my family? Will I lose the support I have? So yep. just like huge acknowledgement for your courage in doing that, especially coming from the upbringing and the expectations that you did, that is huge and really Thank admirable. You. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm wondering, um, you mentioned the support system that helps keep you on your path and helps you to continue to like stay in your integrity and also uncover these different layers of yourself. Mm -hmm. Did you, is this the same support system that you always had or did you over time on your journey um, mm. start to find more people and start to surround yourself with different people? Yeah, I think it's a combination, honestly. You know, um, my parents have always believed in me. Um, just like felt it in the depths of my soul. I never had to question like what they thought of me or what the, they thought I could accomplish, which is, which is wonderful. 
And so they've always been there. Um, and then I think I've like, you know, picked up people along the way. I moved around a lot growing up. So I went to three different high schools. Um, and so I had to, again, I kind of picked up friends along the way in every school. Um, so now it's like, I know people everywhere. And then when my like worlds collide, it's like really strange. Like one of my friends from Nebraska and one of my friends from Buffalo, New York, they met at like semester at sea and they're like, Oh my gosh, we both know Jordan. I'm like, this is freaking weird. Um, so, <laughs> but it's cool. Uh, it just shows you how small the world really is. But, um, I think that uh, that I've collected people and I'm very intentional about the people that I bring into my sphere because I don't I don't do well with people who have a really negative outlook on life and not not to say that that you can't share hardships because that's definitely part of friendship for sure. Um, but just in general, think everything is hard and it's always going to be hard and there's just like no way out. Um, and I also think that keeping people who like truly genuinely want to see you win like and I want to see win and like we're here doing that thing together and so when when I see people keep folks around just because they've known them for a very long time that always is interesting to me because mm -hmm. I don't necessarily put weight on like how long I've known somebody I put weight on okay are we still in service of each other, right? Some Sometimes I'm going to like have more to give in some seasons and sometimes they're going to have more to give and it just ebbs and flows. And I think that more often than not, again, the, the strong people are the ones that people don't really reach out to because they're like, yeah, she's got it or he's got it or they've got it. Um, and that's not always true. Uh, <laughs> and so with the the close friendships that I keep, they, they can recognize and they will sit with me. And a lot of them really don't understand what I do in business. And that can be really refreshing in, in some ways, because there isn't that same pressure or expectation sometimes of people who are in the industry or in their business. And, you know, also, you know, my husband, we've been together a little over four years, been married for two. And again, he, we've had several conversations because I've been an entrepreneur for seven years he is in corporate and, um, and just the dynamics of that. And he's just like, yeah, you're killing it. Like, keep, keep on doing you like, no, you know? And again, I, I have taken some risks and he's been like, this sounds insane. And I would not take this risk, but go forth, <laughs> you know? And that's just part of, again, finding a, a partner in life that again, sees you and, and trusts you and, allows you to be yourself. My husband is a 12 on the extrovert scale. Okay. So he is, when I had laryngitis, it was a problem. I was like, you need to go and find some friends. Cause I'm legit not talking to you. Um, so, <laughs> but he, you know, he, uh, he always wants to go out and be, and I'm more of like, you know, at home and I'll come out sometimes. And he's really just like honored that. And that's, that's been helpful too. It's just like, you see me, you know me. And like, there's no qualms about, oh, I wish you'd be more extroverted or I wish you'd be this. It's just like, I, you've been consistently who you are for four years. So, you know, I'm not looking to change anything. Like I'll just, you know, move around. <laughs> yeah. That's, I really appreciate that you mentioned that, especially um, the piece about like how maybe easy it is for some to surround themselves with people that are familiar and yep. not 
fully acknowledge that maybe they're not the best for you right now and that mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with relationships changing. But if you're mm-hmm. wanting to change something in your life and meet different parts of yourself, then that environment and the people you surround yourself with to a certain degree have to change too. And, you know, like, like the saying goes, right. It's like, you are a combination of like the five people you spend the most time with. So who are you surrounding yourself with? And does it align with where you want to go? Totally. I think that that's, it's like one of those cliches that people hate, but I find that the people who hate that cliche are the people who are unhappy with the five people that they spend the most time with, you know? So um yeah people is one of the hardest things to to change because people are multifaceted there's layers to a lot of it especially if it's family related um and so you gotta and at the same time like what is what is your peace worth what is your your clarity your sound mind worth you know, and I don't think that people value it highly at all because it shows in the relationships that they're willing to, to keep around them. And I just am unwilling yeah. to to allow for any of that to shake my peace of mind or, or clarity. Yeah. yeah. And to add to what you're saying, I completely agree. And to add to it, I think many people don't know what it is to have a peace of mind and to feel like yeah. internally calm and relaxed. And when you don't know, like you just normalize the relationships or how you feel every day because you don't have Mm -hmm. that contrast of how it could be different. And then if you're lucky to experience something different or like move from a place of like really being discontent or like wanting to get away from the shadow of your family and then you start to make different changes and you find that, I guess, like calm and peace of mind on the other side, then you can have that like aha moment like, oh, So this is how I felt all these years. And this is what's actually possible for me, that it is possible to reach a place of contentment. It is possible to, from this place, still keep a good relationship with my family and the Mm -hmm. people I love without compromising who I am and who I want to be and where I'm going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not worth it to compromise on, you know, compromise doesn't have to be available for every opportunity like yes is there compromise in a lot of relationships sure um but not every single opportunity yeah that's I feel like we need to just take a pause there it's like you don't always have to compromise (laughs) mic drop right there (laughs) end scene yeah end scene we did it we made it we made the podcast episode (laughs) there it is um yeah that like that being said though you position yourself as a business owner, an entrepreneur, but specifically helping others create a life first business. So what Mm. was your journey with that? Were you always in this mindset of wanting to be life first? And like, what does that even mean? And where were you then? And how did you get here? All of those questions in one. I hope that I hope I didn't overwhelm you. All All of it. (laughs) Go for it. That's great. So yeah, I, I mean, when I first started my business, I actually started it making about $12,000 a month, um, in services like day one. And I never had the, the side hustle while working a job. I literally ended my job and then figured it out. Like I'm the I'm kind of the person that's okay with cliff jumping, if you will. Um, so I, I used to not think I was very risky, but then I look back and I'm like, I've taken so many risks. Like, what am I even talking about? <laughs> so I started out my business making about 12,000 recurring 
it was cool. And then there was just one month, about five months in, that was just insane. Like three out of my four clients were launching. They're all seven figure launches. A lot was riding on them. It was so stressful on my just like nervous system, immune system, everything. And again, as someone with chronic illness, like that, that kind of experience is going to then affect me for quite a while. And so I was like, things have to change. So I dropped two out of my four clients and then was like, well, I got to figure out something else. And that's when I figured out VIP days. And that's when I knew I needed a business model that allowed me to heal and then allowed me to stabilize in a way that wouldn't have all of these ups and downs that a lot of people's businesses have, especially like launch models, stuff like that. So I was able to make that switch to VIP days and really did VIP days only for a while, a couple of years, two, three years, and was able to make six figures. I worked three day work weeks, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I had four day weekends every weekend. Like it was just a, a really nice cadence. And people were just looking at me like, what in the heck are you doing? Because you're like working, but like you're not, and you seem really happy and not really stressed. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like again, I've, I've, I'm a very intentional person and that's something that, um, whether you know me personally or you just see me out and about like intentionality is like thread in every single thing that I do. I really don't do anything just because, uh, I do things with uh, something in mind. Um, I'll experiment. Like I won't necessarily know the outcome, of a lot of things, but I'm, I'm intentional with those experiments. And so, people question that. And so then that's when I started teaching VIP days because I was like, well, if you want to like work less days than you have for your life, then this is an opportunity for you. And so, you know, over 500 plus students later, two and a half years, like, it's like, okay, that was a whirlwind Yeah, <laughs> a little bit and I'm catching my breath, but it's, uh, it's life first just means that you aren't like when you look at your calendar, which I think actually says more about you than your bank account, um, because money is renewable, uh, time is not. So what you put on your calendar, I think says more about you than anything. And so when you look at your calendar and you're like planning for like your business, it's like, okay, are you putting your vacations down? Are you putting like your birthday celebration? Are you putting your holidays? Are you putting like all of these things that you want for your life first? And then it's like, okay, great. Now that that's settled, now what do we want to do for business and how does it fit into that that setup versus what most people do is like, okay, these are the big launch months, these are the big, and they like completely gloss over like any time off or family stuff or whatever the case is. And so um, I, I want to change that. I want people to really think about how they want to live their life first and then build a business that supports that whether it's VIP days or courses or services or whatever you want to do, any business model is possible to have be life first. Um, you just have to be really intentional about it. And that's the part when it comes to boundaries and expectations, that's the part that people then are like backpedaling and, and freaking out about is, okay, if this is the business that's going to support my life, what boundaries and expectations do I need to put in place to protect that? And then that's usually where the cookie crumbles mm -hmm. and, you know, people start to get into people pleasing tendencies or um, wanting to impress people, et cetera. And it's like, nah, like it, how other people view your business has nothing to do with like your happiness or your business being fulfilling to you and, and achievement. 
you know? So I, I see life first as again, before business, before launches, before hiring, before whatever, like what are the things you want to accomplish in your life for that year or that couple years? And then where does your business fit in after that? Right. So if you're like, oh, I want, you know, four days a week to do um, homeschooling and then we take Fridays off, it's like, okay, well then what is the business model that supports you to do homeschooling? Right. Maybe that is more of like a courses um, could be VIP day situation um, or something like that versus somebody who's like, I want to maybe work four days a week and have three day weekends. Okay. Well then what, what is possible with that setup? So that's something I'm really, really passionate about and really big on. And I'm not to say that there's seasons where things can get chaotic and you get off balance, but it's just a matter of, again, knowing your true North and knowing that, okay, if I want my life to be first, these are the things that have to be in place. And this is how my business has to look in order to support that. Yeah, that's such a amazing answer. And the intention piece stood out to me because I feel like, especially on social media, we're getting rammed with all of these different messages. And like, people are saying like, be intentional, be intentional, but no one is slowing down enough to consider what their intention is and where they're putting their attention. It's like life is all about intention and attention. And yet we get consumed with all of these messages on social media and from our friends and our families and things coming from like the outside clouding our judgment that we, that many people struggle, or at least I've noticed um, with some of the women I work with, there's a disconnect between even knowing your true intention and mm-hmm. that intentional piece is what will guide your decision-making and what will guide your life for sure. Mm-hmm. Something else that you mentioned was that when you started to change the structure of your business to prioritize your life and your well-being and really being considerate that you do have a chronic like chronic illnesses or chronic symptoms mm-hmm. that that are going to be best supported if you take control of your environment and the yeah. things that you're doing in your life because no one's going to do it for you right if you yeah. go to a job no boss is going to be like yeah sure take take three days you have a chronic illness like no worries you could have a three-hour nap in the middle of the day <laughs> but what did you have to learn or unlearn to get to a place of peace in how you operate your life how you operate your business and tune out that noise what did you have to learn or unlearn? Yeah, uh, definitely one of the messages that I have to work through is that, again, uh, the fact that I have less capacity than like typical adults uh, from an energetic standpoint doesn't make me lazy. And I think that that is a really, really, really tough one for me to work through because I'm an ambitious person. Like I am a go-getter generally speaking. So uh, sometimes when I, when my body tells me to sit down or when I know that I need to sit down or else my body's going to force me to sit down, I, that's the messaging that can sometimes get to me is not necessarily, I'm not really on a race against anyone else. It's not necessarily a competitive thing at all. It's more or less my own ambition versus me uh, talking and being like, okay, so you need to lay down. What, what, what are you pushing back or what are you not going to be able to do now that you're laying down? And so 
and I think to people that don't understand chronic illness and such, and honestly, my husband has had to learn and figure it out. He's also a very high go-getter. He has way more energy. He's a generator, way more energy than I do. And, you know, it's, um, he's had to, and not that he said I've, I'm lazy ever, but he's just like, I don't understand how you can't like do the same because again, we talk ambitiously all the time. And so him understanding the ebbs and flows and hormones and all that sort of stuff, like he's really, I mean, he's seen firsthand, like what will happen if, if I don't listen to my body or if I don't lean into when I need to actually like sit down. And so I think that that messaging about laziness is, is come from just uh, my own ambition when I was younger and even in college, again, I was a go-getter. I stayed up late. I was like, I had 12 internships <laughs> in college. So like I was doing the absolute most. Why? Um, but yeah, I, I asked myself the really, same question. Like, uh, why? why? <laughs> I know. So ridiculous. <laughs> and so I'm having to unlearn. That's something I'm having to unlearn is that because I have to rest or because I want to rest, that doesn't make me lazy. That doesn't make me unproductive. That doesn't make me inefficient. Um, it it allows me to sustain my ambition and allows me to sustain the work that I've put in for my business versus, again, you know, the stats are, are real about businesses, about, you know, them not lasting very long. And we've already, whatever, come above, I don't remember what the latest stats are, but, you know, us being going into our seventh year, you know, we are above like quite a few businesses. If it's like 70, 80% of businesses fail in the first five years. And so we're coming up on seven and I'm really, really proud of that. And that's a sustaining situation, right? That is being able to, to work through really difficult times and see your way through. Um, and so, yeah, the laziness one is probably the biggest one that I've had to unlearn. Yeah. That's the biggest one that I see outside of myself and also within myself as well. And it's mm -hmm. interesting how like deep that conditioning really is that even when you have the tools and even when you're practicing them, yeah. that little voice still mm -hmm. likes to make an appearance from time to time and try to get you to do something that actually is against your best interest. And I think yeah. without what you said earlier to kind of tie it back all in together, without really being clear on your intention, it's really difficult to even shift your attention and your awareness to something else or yeah. even practice these things like practice these skills of resting and like in today's culture like rest is a skill and like mm -hmm. laying down and watching tv is not the same thing as deep rest it doesn't have the same physio physiological impact on your body especially when you already notice that um your system is more sensitive to yeah. moving at higher speeds and you need to be more careful with that or more conscious of it and yeah. yeah, I think it's that intentional piece again, just without the intention, it's really yeah. easy to get stuck on the hamster wheel. Real easy. And oh, you mentioned, yeah, and you mentioned your husband is a generator. And for those listening mm -hmm. who are not familiar, Jordan and I had a quick chat before starting the podcast about our human design. So that's what that is, our human design. <laughs> and I think it's a really great system to check on your natural energy levels. And that's another thing. It's like having your intention, but also having that internal resonance and knowing of how you operate, where your energy goes, how much energy you have, and really learning to be okay with that 
your energy levels may be different than someone else, that you may not be able to output as much work in a short amount of time or in a long time frame as someone else. And that's another thing that we're not taught in schools. That's another thing that we're actually conditioned against. We're conditioned into this model of this is how life is supposed to be structured or this is how you're supposed to work to be successful. But when you like break it down on an individual level, whether like your individual, I guess, like way your system works with your energy and then like chronic illness and all of these other elements that make up an entire whole human, it just doesn't fit. (laughs) Like it just doesn't work. And it's our responsibility to learn it on our own. Yeah. Yeah. The awareness, you have to be okay with being aware and knowing. And a lot of people are not okay with knowing and being aware because they actually are scared of what they'll find. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately then people pretend and people have to hold their breath and people have to uphold something that is really against who they are and how they operate. And so I'm really, really, really big on folks understanding who they are and being okay with it, whatever that is. Right. And because that's going to make things happen way more smoothly for you than if you try to just combat that and pretend you're somebody or something that you're not like identity wise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What you're just saying is reminding me of something that I've heard a lot is people being afraid of what they'll find and how it's going to change their relationships. Mm -hmm. Because there's also a lot of focus of like how your upbringing has Mm -hmm. um, basically taught you to be who you are today. And there's this deep fear of like, well, what about if I don't fit into my family? What about if I like hate my parents? I don't want to resent them because there's this part of you Mm -hmm. that sees the privilege and the Mm -hmm. gratitude that you should have for like what your family did for you or what they sacrificed or what they gave you. And like, we're all smart enough to see all of us listening that, yeah, we are sitting in a place of privilege. Like we all have the internet. We're talking on Zoom right now. And there's this part that speaks up. It's like, well, if I do inquire, what does that mean? And does that mean I'm selfish? Like if I don't want it or if I want it to be different, Mm -hmm. did you experience something like that on your journey too? Mm. Well, I think that, yeah, privilege is an interesting and perplexing topic or understanding because, you know, as somebody I'm if you've never seen my face, I'm biracial. Um, (laughs) so I, my mom is white, my dad is black. And, um, and so there's elements to the fact that I am a black woman. And so there's, you know, a lack of privilege there, but I also am light skinned. And so light skinned is a privileged place in the black community because my skin tone naturally is closer to fair skinned folks. And, um, you know, I came from a family that, did well financially. And so there's privilege there 110%. And so there's, I think that privilege can be a, a complex thing for a lot of people. And also if you, again, acknowledge it and are aware of it, then that's going to do you more good than harm because you're going to be able to resonate with others and you're going to be able to have more empathy and you're going to be able to have more open and vulnerable conversations rather than, well, you know, I didn't grow up in, you know, the wealthiest of households or things like that. And, and I think that 
being able to see the nuance is probably what a l- most people will struggle with mm-hmm. because it's like, no, I want to put people back into their small box, you know, and instead it's, it's very fluid. It's very up, down, right, left, side, side. And that's where I believe conversation is one of the most powerful things because it will allow you to see something kind of bubble up into your awareness and you're able to acknowledge and see differences and perspectives and opinions that may be different than your own and be able to like honor that person with that, you know, difference of opinion or, or whatnot. And so I think too, in my business, that's something that I actually encourage a lot of, of whenever I'm emailing out and I'm like, and I say something that is a belief of mine, I'm like, if you think differently, like reply to this email and let's like have a conversation and people will be like, I don't know if this is real or not, but like, I'm going to share my opposite opinion of you and we'll have a beautiful, wonderful conversation. I'm like, I totally see your point. Like that totally makes sense to me. And like, I think that's awesome that you believe that regardless of the fact that it's different than mine. And that's where I see such opportunity instead of just trying to create a bunch of people who believe the exact same things as you like honoring and and uplifting the perspectives and the lenses of everyone. um, Instead of just trying to create a bunch of mini me's like, that's not what I'm interested in business. I want to see whole people as whole people and be able to know that I can learn from people who have different perspectives and experiences and journeys rather than trying to have everyone conform to what I believe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I so see that. And I so agree with that. And I think at the center of that, um, what we spoke throughout this conversation is that piece about self-connection. It's like Mm -hmm. the more connected you are to yourself, the more you know yourself, the more able you are to have these conversations because you're not threatened about what may come back. And like any opposite opinion or any criticism isn't a direct threat on your identity, on your capability, on who you are as a person but you're able to stand firmly in yourself and listen and observe without taking it on as another label or as like someone doing something against you, but having that compassion and having that ability to just be aware and also understand Mm -hmm. where someone is coming from and maybe why they are responding the way they are, whether it's from understanding their background or even seeing that maybe they haven't had much to do with anything other than people that looked like them or acted like them or outside of their family like they've never went exploring on their own and had these conversations yeah yeah 100 agree yeah i think that's us on time so if you don't mind we're yeah. going to just transition yeah. into the last question love it so jordan when and where do you feel most like yourself I feel most like myself when honestly I'm spending quality time with the people that I love. Like I, my love language is quality time. So, um, you know, all the other things are really great and I can recognize them as love. And (laughs) I enjoy being able to look someone else, you know, face to face and, uh, talk and engage and have deep questioning and ponderings. And that's probably where I feel most, um, most seen, most loved, most closely to who I am, um, because I'm a very curious person in general as well. And so, so yeah, and again, it's the simplicity of, we could be on our living room couch, we could be at the beach, we could be 
in a mountain. It doesn't really matter the location because I've moved 12 times in my life. So location is like whatever to me, it's about who's surrounding you, um, and who's listening and who's engaging. And that's, that's where I feel probably most like myself. Mm, that's a beautiful answer. I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, thanks for playing along. Yes, <laughs> thanks for absolutely. playing along today. What I most appreciate about my conversation with Jordan is her willingness to be open about personal topics she previously didn't share much about publicly. Whether we like it or not, how we experience our working life is often similar to how we experience our personal life. And if you have a desire to grow your professional success without compromising your health, happiness, well being, and wealth, you have to get curious about the thoughts, emotions, patterns, and beliefs that show up in all areas of your life. A life-first approach to business and career requires you to get intimate with who you are, what you're afraid of, so that you can take the necessary steps to creating harmony in your work and life. If you liked today's episode, you can find Jordan Gill on Instagram at Systems Saved Me. That's her business name and myself at Expand and Impact. And we love hearing from you. So definitely reach out to us, tag us in your stories, and let us know how this episode landed for you. And if you can think of three friends that would love the message inside of our conversation today, we would really appreciate you forwarding this message to them as well and leaving a five-star written review on iTunes. We have a big goal of reaching and connecting 1 million women who have a desire to learn, grow, and live and lead from a place of alignment, confidence, self-trust, authenticity, and inner peace. And by sharing this episode with friends or colleagues, you can help us reach this audacious goal. This is how generational change happens. One woman reclaiming her voice and her power at a time. That's it for this week. Cheers to your health, wealth, and happiness, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, expansive education plus inspired action equals an impactful life. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at expand and impact. <laughs>